0: Valleys. Grumble or trust? See, yesterday we went up to uh, Monte Sano up there, okay? <laughs> and you could look off toward the east, and you could see this, this greenness there. But I'm sure, you know, come uh, October, November, it's not quite as green, But it's the same valley, okay? The same possibilities. And with the valleys, you have to decide if you're going to grumble or trust. In other words, we find a lot of people, and when you find the Israelites, they chose to to grumble. They had what I would call chronic spiritual amnesia, okay? (laughs) And we want to look at this morning how to cure... That's chronic spiritual amnesia. See, spiritual amnesia is the enemy or the opposite of trusting God. Now, many Christians, though, live in a crisis mode, okay? Their level of anxiety is always high. Uh, they grumble, they complain. Some respond thinking, if not saying, why is this happening to me? Uh my life before I was a Christian was so much simpler, less complicated. What does it matter? God's up there and I'm down here and I got to deal with it here. You know, or they tend to blame others for their situation or the crisis they are. And, and the Bible, as we see there in, in the image there, is only used in a case of emergency. Okay? See, the Israelites went from one crisis to another. They just... Seemed to kind of end one and, and start the other. But they chose, they preferred to grumble rather than trust. They suffered from spiritual amnesia. Forgetting what God had already done and how far he had brought them. They just grumbled. David, King David, years later, writing in uh, in Psalms 106, 13, He recounted the experiences of the Israelites, and he makes this observation. In 106.13, it says, But they soon forgot his works, and they did not wait for his counsel. See, spiritual amnesia has always been a very prevalent condition uh, among God's people. And as Christians, we quickly, we quickly forget how far God has brought us. We quickly forget that God has answered our prayers. This morning I wanted to look briefly at all these different instances that Israelites <clears throat> experienced in the valleys. When they chose to give a wrong response to a situation, uh, they turned a potentially faith-growing experience, you know, rich green valley, and they turn, turned it into a, a dry desert Place of suffering. See, grumbling and complaining is a form of rebellion, and rebellion is sin. When we were raising our, our children and homeschooling, uh, we said, "You, know, if you're complaining, you're sinning." Okay, and when we had to, uh, uh, you know, ground one of our children, he said, "Now, for this reason, you're not." Going to be on the internet, or you're not going out and see your friends uh, for, for a day. I said, What? That's two days. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dad, that's four days. You want to keep going? <laughs> but we want to look how we can uh, avoid repeating this problem of spiritual amnesia and breaking the cycle of living from crisis to crisis. How not to have this chronic. Spiritual and we're going to show you this graphic here. We use this in our discipleship, especially in our, our third level, and the fourth year of, of discipleship, and show you that the valley, that in the middle is neutral. Okay? And how we respond to that goes one way or the other. If we obediently trust God, then we go to the, to the right there, and produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23. But if we choose incorrectly, foolishly. Then we responding according to the flesh and we produce the works of the flesh. And when I think of choosing wisely, I have this image in my mind of Indiana Jones when he has to choose the, 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 the chalice, that, uh, uh, the sacred cup that Jesus apparently used. And he chooses the, the old wooden cup. And the, the old man says, you have chosen wisely. You know, <laughs> I say, we wanted to choose wisely our response when we were in that valley. And so let's look quickly at the situations where the Israelites were uh, in these valleys and their response that could have been a faith-building experience, but they chose to grumble. Rather than trust. First of all, trust God because of what He has already done. Don't grumble. Trust God because of what He has already done. Don't grumble. And the first one we'll look at is is that of trusting God's leading in Exodus fourteen. Trust God's leading in Exodus fourteen. Okay. Two weeks ago, John preached on the crossing of the Red Sea there, and you remember the response of the Israelites when they found themselves trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, okay? That's, you know, being caught between a rock and a hard place. And and in Spanish, they have a saying like that as well. Uh, You're caught between the the sword and and the wall, okay? And in in chapter 14, verse 11, it says, they say to Moses, It is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. A little bit of sarcasm there, you know? What have he done to us? Okay. You know, nobody pushed him out into the desert. Okay. What have he done to us to bring us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Now, this is spiritual amnesia. They have already seen God's miracles in the ten plagues including the Passover and the birth of the firstborn among the Egyptians. They have already been being led by the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of fire. They've already seen this miraculous working of God. They were even told that this was the plan in verses 1 through 9 in chapter 14. They were told about that. Do you find yourself in a situation where you do not know what to do? What's going to be your next step? What should your response be? Is it going to be to grumble or is it going to be to trust? God may have told you this is going to happen. I love the verse out of uh, Revelation chapter 2 when... John's writing the, to one of the churches, and he tells the people, do not fear. You're going to be thrown into jail for 10 days. Okay, I mean, I've been some... I've, i visited. <laughs> i visited some really rough jails, okay? And 10 days, well, you might be able to make it, but it says at the end, do not fear. You'll be there for 10 days. Be faithful unto death. Uh-oh. <laughs> that means at the end of 10 days... What's going to happen? But God sometimes even tells us we're in the valley. We're struggling. Okay? Things are rough. But will we trust or will we grumble? So now they pass through the Red Sea. They had this miracle of deliverance that, that John uh, has already preached about. And we come to another case of spiritual amnesia. Trust God's Provision, trust God's provision, and we see this repeated at least four times in the Pentateuch. At least four times. First time in Exodus fifteen, they have no good water. Okay, and I know what it's like to have no good water. Okay, Ecuador, you have to filter anything, and I mean you can really be thirsty and still not, you know. Okay, they have no good water, and. And verse 24 says, And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And we know that he cried out to the Lord, he hits the rock uh, with the staff, like he should do the first time, but shouldn't then the second time, you know. Uh, and the water comes forth, and I mean see water to f- I mean it's gotta be a lot of water. There's there's several million people here, plus cattle. Okay? So now they had this experience of this miraculous provision of water. And next chapter, chapter 16. No food. Oh, wow. Okay, so what it says again? Verse 2, The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Poor, Poor Moses and Aaron. They get... A short stick every time, yeah. We have in Ecuador uh, a, a little saying uh, that a leader has to be el malo de la película, okay? That kind of translates into being the heavy, the the hard one. Uh, literally, it says the, the the villain, the villain of the movie, okay? And we tell leaders if you're going to be a leader, you have to be willing to be. The hard one, the one that says no when everybody says yes and say yes when everybody says no. And Moses and Aaron are these two. And when we see an emerging leader come to a point where they are willing to stand up and do what is right, when everybody else is saying differently, we have a little uh, ceremony for them. And we have a little certificate we give them that says, uh, it has like a, a tiger's face on it, you know, grumbling, okay? And it says, El malo de la película," you know, the, the, the mean one, okay? And we have a little oath that uh, they have to raise the right hand and says, I, I promise before God that I will always do what is right even though the sheep want to do something different and, and so forth, you know? Trying to encourage them because the leaders catch the flack on it. And this is the case yeah, with the Israelites as well. So they, uh, they had the manna come. The manna falls, no price, special offer that day, You know, and it continues on for several years. And you'd think that would teach them, but look, next chapter, okay? They've forgotten about the food, the water, okay? And they're thirsty again. Okay, and I got backed up here, but the first time he threw a log in, but this, this is the time where he you know, hits the rock there. But it says the people thirsted there for water and the people what? Grumbled. Grumbled. Against who? Against Moses. And said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt? They must have been very dramatic, you know, people. Okay, uh, why did you do this, you know? So Moses cries out to God, what shall I do with this people? Uh, If you've ever been a leader, you kind of wonder, Lord, what do they deserve to to deal with this sheep? Okay? And at least I've been there at times and and asked, Lord, is there something easier? And the words of Jesus in John chapter 21 comes back to me, if you love me, Feed my sheep. <sighs> okay, Lord. <laughs> and then he reminds me that I'm a sheep as well. Okay, and that just kind of rubs salt into the wound there. <laughs> okay, so this goes on, and, and I'm going to skip quite a ways here to to Numbers chapter 17 because they've they've had the water turned. Uh, into, into good water, they've had the, the manna, they've had water come from the rock, and now they're not happy with the manna. Come on, guys. I mean, you can use manna to make manna, uh, manna bread, fried manna, uh, manna uh, moose. Uh, I mean, how many different ways can you use manna? Sure, you can think of something and be a little creative, you know, but they're tired of this manna, okay? Uh, and he's, and they say we remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, ooh, the the onions and the garlic. Yeah? but our strength strength is dried up. There's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Yeah? Yeah, at times in, in Ecuador, it's like, gee, there's no Dr Pepper. <laughs> 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 there. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's no good barbecue, there's no good Mexican, Mexican food, you know? Eh? Oh, if you're back in the States, you know. know. But um, the writer of Ecclesiastes warns us not to ever look back and say, "Oh, the former days were better." They weren't. They weren't. You know? But it's the idea of, when we find ourselves lacking, will we grumble? Or will we trust? One of the best known verses, Psalms 23, 1. What does it say? Lord is my shepherd and? Ooh. That last part. We like the part about him being a shepherd, but I shall not want. Well, I shall not be lacking. Whether you take that as a promise or a decision to, to Trust. Either way, it's hard. Do you find yourself right now in a situation where you perceive that you are lacking in some material good? Oh yeah, there's bills to pay. Okay, that mortgage doesn't pay itself. Neither does the 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 three loans on, on the on the cars that are bought last year. Yeah. Or whatever the case may be. I mean, Ecuadorians are, are the same. They, you know, say, Praise God, I got this loan to buy this and this. And then a, a month later it says, I don't know how I'm going to pay that. You know, we're just not satisfied. We have that spiritual amnesia that, that we forgot that God provides. So then we have all these miracles. We have. Uh, the giving of the Ten Commandments that John preached about uh, last week. The voice of God is heard, but spiritual amnesia strikes again. Trust God's silence. Trust God's silence. And this is in Exodus 32 when they make the golden calf. And it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed, yeah, we're not the only ones that want instant everything. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, and then they gather themselves and they, they tell Aaron, you know, we need a, a, a something to worship, like back in, in the old times. And then Lord had to tell Moses why he's up on the mountain and says, they've turned away. They've turned aside. And what's the, the adverb that God uses? Quickly. Quickly. Moses hadn't been up there for more than 40 days. Okay? They have quickly turned aside out of the way they have commanded and have started worshiping other gods. It seems when God delays, we start taking things into our own hands and we try to resolve them. That seemed to be the case later on with Abraham when he's waiting 25 years for for uh, Isaac took things in his own hands it's something that we've had time, problems with all along uh, we try to do at least a prayer retreat at least once a, a year if not more in Ecuador and it's what we call time alone with God time alone with God and we take the people out for from Friday night until Saturday night and we teach them how to spend four Hours alone with God, just themselves, their Bible, and we uh, we frisk them for cell phones before they get on the bus. Okay, that's not allowed. We just say, you know, if you can't separate yourself from the cell phone for for twenty four hours, this retreat is not for you. Okay, uh, just that time alone and to trust God when He's silent. And there's times in your spiritual life that it feels like your prayers don't go past the ceiling. if that far. But trust God. He speaks, and sometimes he's silent. You just have to wait. Trust God's instructions. uh, Leviticus 9 and 10. You have the building of the tabernacle, uh, the priestly, priestly garments. And then you have the time when God sends fire down from heaven to consume the, the, the offering, fills the, the tabernacle with glory, and when the people saw it, it says, they shouted and fell on their faces. Wow, what an experience! Okay? And then just two or three verses later, you have Aaron's son's Nadab and Abihu, they decided to do it their way. They had all these instructions. And they seen this magnificent uh, display of God's power and glory. And they decided to do it their way. Rather than follow God's instructions and trust Him. I know it was a convenience. Uh, didn't think it mattered. Uh, but when it comes to knowing God's will, we often know what God's will is. It's a question of whether or not we want to do it. We have a a single mother who's raising uh, three sons. Uh, She's been in the church for 10 years or more. Uh, The sons are now late teens, uh, early 20s. Her name's Victoria. And she's had problems all this time with these sons. And she's come to Carly and I for... Uh, instruction and counsel, and we've given it, and we've opened up the Bible, and show, showed, you know, sometimes you have to have some tough love, but she has decided not to. She says, I just can't bring myself to do that, you know. And what actually is doing is she's taking her own emotional uh, comfort than the well-being of her, of her kids. And so it's so many times like that, we know what God's will is. We know what God's instructions are, but we'd rather do it our own way. And then we cry out to God, God, look what's happened. And I, I can hear God saying, uh, Who told you to do it that way? You know? But God, you know, help me out. Okay, go on to, on to the next one. Trust God in hardships. Numbers chapter 11. And We have to envision, you know, we don't have uh, motorhomes. We don't have uh, a Holiday Inn. And so these people are picking up camp and packing things up and and traveling until the pillar of cloud or fire stop and they set up camp. And and so they have a time where they're doing this on a rather consistent basis with very little time or rest in between. And they complain Verse Numbers 11, verse 1 says, And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Sometimes life is just hard. It's just life. It's work. I mean, that's why they call it work. It has a name for it. Okay? And yet, it's that way. Uh, that's probably, you know, part of being a sheep, you know, when it gets tough, we go, bah! you know? It's hard. But what's our response to be? It's that it's trust rather than grumbling or complaining. Uh, then we come to a big incident in the life of, of Israel. Uh, Exodus... 14, I'm sorry, that must be Numbers 14. Numbers 14, actually, uh, is trust God to work through you. Trust God to work through you. That be, should be Numbers 14 there. Um, they sent out the spies. They come back with at least 10 of them, bad report. You know, 10 were bad, 2 were good. You know, we remember that from Sunday school. And Caleb and Joshua see the valley and say, yes, with God's help we can do it. 10 others see the valley and says, no way, man, can't do that. And so what was the congregation's response? It says, and the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron again. God gives us challenges that are bigger than we are. That's called faith. Um, about a year and a half ago, I asked the lord I, I made one of those uh, prayer requests that you shouldn't make, okay you know you've heard of you know not asking for patience and i said uh, Lord." I really want to grow in in trusting you more. I really need to trust you more. And just things have happened since then. And sometimes I think, oh no. And sometimes it's not to me, but to people around me. But oh Lord, you know this is hard. And the Lord kind of you know whispers says, now you remember this prayer request you said a while back? (coughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, grumble or trust. God sees our faith as so precious that he was even willing to let his son die for us, to suffer for us, that our faith might grow. And when he gives us something that's bigger than us, it's because he wants to see that faith grow. And so when he gives you a challenge, a ministry, a task bigger than you, Are you going to grumble and say, I can't do that. That's not my specialty. Are you going to trust him? Then we come to uh, the last one I want to mention of the valleys there. That is trust God's leaders. They've already grumbled against Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. And now they're going to grumble against Aaron. Be the high priest. What about us? In Exodus 16, uh, number 16, he has that. And God responds by showing that Aaron's staff miraculously buds out and flowers. Are you having a hard time sometimes trusting your leaders? There's times when we catch a lot of flack. Uh, we have to make decisions. Uh, we exercise church discipline. Uh, we try to take steps of, of restoration and sometimes the people accept that. Sometimes they don't. Uh, one of the hardest things we had to do when we had to confront a minister, the congregation had to confront a minister publicly because there was no repentance due to... a. Uh, incorrect relationship with another woman. Boy, that's hard. That's hard. And you have to take some steps, and you can't say why you take the steps, sometimes as leaders, for sake of confidence, of, of trying to resolve the situation rather than, than making it larger. And you have to trust God to work through your leaders. Even though you may not understand why or how they're going to do it or why they're doing it that way. But the same spirit that is in you is in your leaders. And God has placed them there to work through them. Trust your leaders. God's working through that. Don't grumble. So how do we cure this chronic spiritual amnesia? Let me give you a quickly some some ways to do that. First, choose wisely. Choose correctly your response. Uh, And the verse I like out of here is is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. As that video we saw before the sermon. Cast your cares, cast your anxieties upon him. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Excellent verse. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you want to grumble, pray. When you're overwhelmed, pray. And give thanks. That part of giving thanks is giving thanks for the things that have been done before, which is the, the second point. Count, be content with God's provision. Literally, count your blessings. We have to use that, that hymn, counting your blessings, name them one by one. Okay? There's times when I've taken a piece of paper out and I've written down God's blessings. I am not good at, at, at journaling. I'm not good at writing, but uh, I have an app that I do, once in a while, write down some of my prayer requests, and then a couple months later, I'll go back and, and look at that, and it's just so faith-building to see how God answered those prayer requests. Count your blanks. Be content with God's provision. You're going to be a lot less in debt. Okay? Uh, you're going to be a lot happier. And avoid the contagious infection of just a little bit more. You know, we just want a little bit more. We're, we're saving uh, for retirement, but we need just a little bit more. Uh, we have uh, PlayStation 1, but now there's PlayStation 2 or 3 or whatever, you know. Uh, just a little bit more. Avoid being bit by that bug of just a little bit more. Be content with God's provision. Third, there, be in discipleship or a home group. I mentioned that in Sunday School Hour and you saw the uh, video as well. We had discipleship groups and, and we tried to get up to 80% and sometimes we even passed that up to 90% of our people in discipleship groups. And there's some mutual accountability that takes place there. And We've seen just such a big difference. Churches that can weather the storms from within or without because of being truly rooted in God's word. The instance I mentioned earlier of the congregation that had to dismiss the minister. Despite all our efforts for restoration, you know, he chose not to. You know how many people will lost in that congregation because of that choice? We lost the minister, his wife, and the other lady. Even family of those people, and extended family of those of those people, stayed in the congregation. No one else left. That's unusual. But the congregation has had a strong discipleship from day one. Yes, we were shaken up. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was tough emotional time. But. You can weather a storm. If you're not in a home group, get in a home group. Get in this substitute group. Get in a Sunday school class. If you're not mutually accountable with someone, find someone. They'll ask you the hard questions. How's your devotional time? How are you doing with your finances? How are you doing with relationships within your family? Find somebody. They'll ask those and do that mutually. Fourth, is call or visit your leaders to thank them, pray for them. They catch a lot of flack. They get a lot of calls. I have not asked John or Andy or the elders uh, about this. Okay, so I can plead ignorance. Okay, or or temporary insanity or something. <laughs> but uh, I would just guess that in the last six months. Uh, if they've received one call or one visit that just says, I want to encourage you, I want to thank you, I want to pray for you, if they've received one, I'd be surprised. Because most time when we pick up that cell phone or somebody picks us, uh, stops us and talks to us, they want something, they need something, they want something resolved, they want some advice, rather than saying, you know, John, I'm praying for you. Scott, I want to come over and just pray for you and your family and bless your family. Oh, that's, when that happens, it's a miracle. Uh, we have a, one of our churches has a prayer ministry and they uh, systematically go through every family in the church and ask for a time that they can come to their house during that year and pray for them. And they, do, they include us in that oh, it's such a great time to have them come and pray for us, even though it'll be 10, 15 minutes, because you just don't get that otherwise. So thank you, these leaders. Pray for them. Give them a call. Uh, Take them out for coffee. Uh, Not because you want something, but you want to give something to them, a word of encouragement. Let's uh, take a moment and just wrap up with going back to that graphic we saw earlier. I'm not sure what the valley is in your life right now. But as we come to our response time, you have to make a decision. Are you going to be obediently trusting of God? Or are you going to complain and grumble and respond according to the flesh? There's valleys that you're passing through and you have to make the decision. When you're in that valley, what will be your response? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for those moments you put in our lives or situations that are far beyond our capabilities and we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. I thank you for those because it's opportunities to learn to trust you. So I pray, Father, that you'll open our hearts, our eyes, and focus them upon you. That we will not complain, not grumble, not be resentful, but be thankful that you are producing those values in our lives so we may know you better and trust you. Our faith may be even more precious in your sight. May we do that, Father, for your glory, so others may see you shining in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.